this is our culture frame with Abby and Danielle. And on this episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking the film uh, directed by Boots Riley, Sorry to Bother You. And so we are going to talk about this film in relation to, to some of the themes that we see in the actual film itself, a couple of themes, particularly uh, foundational to the narrative specifically, um, is the idea of the white voice and using the white voice. Um, and then Abby is gonna go a little bit deeper and a little bit more broad and talk about the ways that this film might be able to, we might be able to use this film to talk about um, community um, and I would say fidelity to community, um, remaining a part of and faithful to and, uh, you know, and another way of saying this is is not being a sellout. Okay, that's another mm-hmm. way that 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 people talk about this. Um, so really quickly, I want to give you uh, a synopsis as much about this film. Now, just so that you know, if you haven't seen it, the film in and of itself is a trip. Uh, uh, acid trip, a, a trip to, to down the street. Out of, like it's a, it's it's just a trip. Like you know what's happening, but then all of a sudden you don't know, and then you know again, and then you're <laughs> like there's at at different points of time, like you think that you grasp of this film, and then it just slips through your fingers. So just so that you know. And are prepared for that, and 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 ready for the, the the perhaps that that may come from the film. But um, I'll give you the the IMDb um, synopsis version, which is not very extensive. Which is a, okay. All right, I have an extensive version. Okay, so in an altered version of Oakland, Oakland, uh, California, got Cassius Green. Whoop whoop! Shout out Green. Um, gets a telemarketing job and finds a commission-paid job as dispiriting struggle as a black man selling to predominantly white people over the phone. So bottom line is that he gets a telemarketing job and he's trying to sell to these people over the phone. And so they don't see his voice um, or don't, don't see his, his face, but only hear his voice. But he's been unsuccessful generally speaking, until an older um, black man who's, who's been working, um, sort of a veteran at the telemarketing job, tells him that he needs to use his white voice. His white voice is what's going to get him the sales that he needs. The white voice is going to get him to the, the, the promotion to a power caller where they, they bring in the big bucks, where they sell quote-unquote high-end products and and uh, really start living more of a luxurious lifestyle because um, the selling of the products and the services is much more lucrative. And so in this, the, this is the, the, the basic bottom line premise 
of his journey. Um, this is the, the, the goals that are, are presented in the film and also the obstacles. And so, like I said, I want to talk specifically about this white voice uh, as, it, as it pertains to the film, but also how they decided to, at Boots Riley and everyone, uh, decided to sort of define and identify this white voice, right? So when we think about white voice, um, it's not an inherent race. Like, it's not something that to essentialize that that's not in any way um, what we're thinking about when we're saying this, but it's, it's something that, that characterizes um, a voice, a type of voice that in a type of speech, a type of way of speaking that relates not only culturally, but also historically um, in relation to uh, a particular group of people. Um, and so another thing that I want to say, the white voice is not, it is not talking properly. It's not talking with correct grammar um, because that's, that's often what people will say. They're like, why, why are you talking? Especially particularly if you're talking to black people, another black person talking to black people um, or another way. Um, they'll say, why are you talking white? Why are you talking so white? Typically, when they say that, they're number one trying to what 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 did you call it, Abby? Self self policing, self policing, self policing, self regulating. Um, bring making sure within your own community, others saying that no, you shouldn't have that sort of status. That 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 voice that's speaking properly, speaking with correct grammar. Um, uh, uh, denotes an education, right? Denotes this this idea that you you have gone to 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 school and have been taught this particular way of speaking, okay? And so, oftentimes when it's said, it's said as a bad thing. It said you're you're talking white, meaning you're 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 talking properly, and that's a problem. You need to talk. Um, with incorrect grammar. Now, we can also talk about um, uh, uh, Black vernacular, Black English vernacular, or Black vernacular English. One of those two. Um, but it's it's a particular way of speaking um, that has its own grammatical rules that are a, a way of speaking English. So it doesn't... It doesn't um, uh, it's not an, an inferior. It's not an indicator of inferior intellect. Um, that that so that, that those are sort of things that that are related to this idea of white voice that bring in this idea of superiority or inferiority. That is not what we're talking about here. That's that's not the way that that this idea of white voice, that's not the way that, that I'm gonna interpret it here. Um, this, this white voice that they're talking about in this film is specific. This white voice is um, contingent upon a past 
um, particularly for 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 white race people who have a particular set or uh, relation in in the world. So the the way that they define the white voice, um, and I don't have the exact quote here for you from the film, but he talks about it in the way that a white voice has speaks as if it has had no cares in the world. It speaks as if um, we don't have any responsibilities, only, only luxury, only, um, only, uh, you know, champagne and yachts all, all every day, all day. We go play golf and, and, and we talk about, we count our money. That's, that's the white voice that, that they're talking about here. And, and even when we talk about whiteness, Richard Dyer talks about whiteness. He has a book called White and he unpacks this idea of whiteness and this, this sort of goal, right? White people can't achieve the whiteness that is constructed. Okay. So this, this idea, that, that idea is, is constructed and and, and impossibly achieved. This is this impossible goal, but we will say that there is, there's, something that allows some people closer access to that whiteness, closer access to that privilege, that amount of power, that sort of power, the the kind of power that you have where you don't have to worry about being powerless. You don't have to worry about um, being subjugated. You don't have to worry about being inferior because you already have access to that power. That's what this white voice is. And so when when we're talking about in this particular film, in Sorry to Bother You, uh, the main character, Cassius, he takes on this white voice in order to perform as this this voice with that sort of power. So his white voice um, comes in the form. His white voice comes in the form of a fairly semi-nasally, um, you know, bouncy sort of voice that that has uh, it's just sort of high. It's it's, it's high on life. <laughs> it's 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 high. It's high. Hi, right. James. How are you? It takes time, like you said, and that right. it, it comes with uh, that swag. That um, I'm rich, um, and I want to talk to you, and we're on the same level field. You can't dismiss me. It doesn't sound desperate, which no. doesn't mean that other voices sound desperate, but. Seriously, like Daniel and I have talked about this. Like sometimes you're just like, why are you so high pitched this time of the day? Like, do you do you ever get tired? Like, calm down. Anyways, um, but it's it does have its has its own like you see in the movie. It has its own accent, right? It has its own intonation. But like you've explained, those things represent a certain kind of privilege 
And that's why for him to get ahead, he has to use that voice because it gives him access to talk to people and to be heard. The other voice doesn't let him get heard. It's like, oh yeah, we know what comes to baggage that comes with you. And your bad voice, even though it's not defined as that, um, but we don't want to hear that, right? Right, right. Because another layer to that, right, is the the white voice is is satisfied. The white voice is um, relaxed. Um, not saying that this is a part of the film and this is not necessarily a category, but if we would go towards a binary sort of oppositional direction, the black voice reminds of oppression, right? The, the black voice, particularly in relation to if, if we're talking about, um, you know, uh, sort of like white privilege and and thinking about um, not wanting to talk about oppressive histories, right? Then the black voice reminds of those histories. It reminds of that that difference that has been so integral to um, to this sort of oppression. Yeah, and I think it's also acceptable. Like that's what a, what is. Um, within the context of this film and even in culture, this is what is acceptable within professional spaces. So like you said, there's um, the black lingo, which it doesn't mean you're less intelligent, but it, because it has its own meanings, it has its own linguistic structure, right? But within most professional organizations, they want you to speak white. Um, and so for him to get ahead at his job, he needs to talk that way because or else is going to be dismissed. So it's like you talked about Richard Dyer. It, Richard Dyer's book is white. That's the title. Um, one of the best, best books, <laughs> if you want to study whiteness, and I recommend it, highly recommend it. Um, but he says, whiteness is the norm. Everything else is abnormal, right? Mm. So within this film, whiteness is a norm. So the white voice is a norm and everything else is abnormal. And so if he wants to get, a, he wants to keep his job and move ahead, he has to stay within the norm. And that's what the film is trying to, to highlight, right? So again, um, do you have any thought, about, like rounding off thoughts on that before we transition to the next discussion? Uh, no, you can go ahead and transition. <laughs> Um, and I lost myself for a second. So, okay. Uh, the other thing I observed, and I think we did a good job of, like, Daniel, thank you, of, like, talking about what the white voice is and what it is not and how it's been represented in a film. Um, so the other thing is the main character, um, Cassius Green, has, has a conflict. And I feel like this is why, even though... Um, there, there are responses to the film that it's too complex. It's unnecessarily not too complex. It's unnecessarily complex. I connected to it because he has to choose um, between his community and moving upwards in, in his career, right? So, like Danielle talked about, 
he has to use a bike voice. And what happens is with this, he gets promoted to what's called the power color. The power color goes upstairs. Now, if you're following, if you've been following a podcast, um, we were talking about when we were talking about us. We talked about Karl Marx and this idea of like, actually, uh, Daniel corrected me. You said it wasn't exclusively Marx who came up with that, but the base and the superstructure, right? And it's not that binary, but there's this idea that some people are turning the wheels um, to keep the society running, and so you kind of see that uh, representation in the film. So the Colors downstairs are like basically doing the calling job, and then then the power callers are the ones upstairs making the most money, right? So they're the ones with the Bluetooth, they're the ones with the fancy stuff, um, they're the ones, they're the rich ones. So he has to choose if he wants to become a power caller. But the problem with becoming a power caller is that you're trumping on other people to do that. First of all, you have to use a white voice, which is like, what's wrong with your own voice? One. Then two. Um, you, the company was involved in some illegal activities, cheap labor, exploitation of um, <laughs> physical labor. So they were basically turning human beings into animals and they were going to use them for work or something like that. Um, so this is what the people on top do. Now, is he going to be part of that system because he wants to make enough money? Because one thing we also didn't point out is this kid is poor. Cash is green, is poor, he can't pay his rent. Right, so his uncle is just like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm only letting you stay because you're family. If not, I'll have shown you out of the house. So, like, he has bills to pay. What does he do? Right, and I feel like this is a conflict that, um, you see a lot of even black celebrities talk about. Um, you know, that some people say, say I have to leave my community and I have to step out, um, so that I could make it because I felt like staying there meant that I was continuing to be in a sense held down by the issues within the community right but if i stepped out for better opportunities i feel like i could move on faster and then come back and help the, the community and so cashier's green also has a similar scene in the movie where in the film where there's a protest going on so the, the, the basic colors are protesting like they want better health care i mean basic uh um, resources that they really should have already, but they don't. They're not provided for. It. So they're protesting, and they. So his friends call him at this point. He's become a power caller, and they're like, "Aren't you going to join us?" And he's like, "I can't. Like, I'm, I need to like succeed and move on and, and go up this career. And when I've made it, I'm going to come back and help y'all." Right. So without giving spoilers, you can see the movie and see what happens at the end. But this is a conflict that occurs. And I was able to connect to it personally, not because I'm going to join a company that exploits people, but because a lot of times, um, uh, if you think about class race as a person of color, you 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 want to. There's many things you want to do, and it feels like you're stepping out of your community. These are not even illegal things, right? <laughs> even yeah. So the way I'm talking right now, right? Um, sometimes it's like, why, why are you talking that way? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? You know, you're critiquing yourself and you're also being critiqued by other people, right? Um, so sometimes you feel like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this to, to, 
do certain things, right? It's not illegal, but you feel like you need to do certain things. But at the same time, people in your community judge you for doing that. And even if no one is judging you, sometimes for some people, it's as serious as I need to change my environment. But does that mean that I'm abandoning my community? Right? You know, so it's that conflict. And I, I don't think we want to answer it. I think that's like a, a food for thought. Like if you were in those shoes, um, in your own personal experience, whether you're a person of color or not, like when you're faced with this, choose my community or choose my own personal progress. How do you navigate that? You know? Yeah. So that's, that's what I have. And I'm going to hand over to Danielle to kind of like round off. Yeah, I want to just touch really quickly on that. Um, and, you know, like Abby said, we are, you know, not going to be able to answer <laughs> any of these questions. But I guess the, the real, the real question. I mean, there's no answer. I don't know. I don't think we should. I think that's something that everybody has to figure out. Right, right. Um, and, and what we're doing is we're posing questions and and one more question that I want to pose and particularly in relation to the white voice is is it wrong then to use the white voice like to consciously change your voice in particular settings in order to gain access to particular forms of power. Yeah, I like that. I like that question, actually. And we're not going to answer it, yeah. um, but we just want to raise those types of questions. We want to raise those because that that's that's the thing about society. That's the thing about power structures. That's the thing about all of these different things is that they're not straightforward they're just they're not if people want to say that we can just do this and it'll fix everything and we're dealing with humans and we're dealing with humans that for better or worse are greedy and they want to maintain so it's very difficult to say one or the other but we're just posing these questions for you all to think and to consider how we might, how you in yourself might answer them um, and how you might think critically about um, your own existence in these sorts of spaces and what you do. Okay, so considering all of that and the, the depth of what we just talked about, we, We'll see you. <laughs> we will talk to you in our next podcast. So thank you for joining us. Um, this has been Our Culture Frame with Abby and Danielle. And we'll be with you next week.